Hello and welcome to another special edition of the Offside Museums podcast. Uh, we regret that we were we were not able to come to you last week uh, because I was actually traveling and I was out of the country. Uh, but we're delighted to be back. And on behalf of my co-host, Emeko Nyagwa, it's such a pleasure to welcome you. In today's special episode, we're going to be looking at what I consider the quickly unraveling candidacy or campaign of the APC presidential candidate, former Governor Ahmed Bola Tinubu. Tinubu has had a series of what I, I will call disasters for his campaign, beginning with the loss of his candidate, his party's candidate, in the Oshun State governorship election. Uh, the embarrassing episode where the APC masks a few funny men uh, with the toggers of bishops and pastors to lend credibility to the Muslim-Muslim ticket that Tinubu has decided to adopt. And there is also the fact that Tinubu's age continues to show him to be rather in poor health. So we're wel we welcome you to this episode where we're going to look at these and a series of other developments that will suggest that perhaps Tinubu's campaign to be the president of Nigeria is bound to be doomed. Welcome. People, my people. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're not turning to a Rochas. Ah, <laughs> Rochas maybe Rochas turned into me. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, well. So, um, yeah. So we uh, we we didn't uh, do a show last week. Um, you were out to uh, Europe, was, the King Prize. I was in Portugal uh, with my wife uh, celebrating. 30 years of marriage to an amazing woman. I want to be like you. Uh, you will be. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and then from, uh, from Portugal, I, um, and by the way, um, in Portugal, my wife and I spent a few days in Fatima, mm -hmm. and then we went to Lagos, they call it. But uh, a lot of Nigerians don't know that the Portuguese actually named the city of Lagos. Uh, Nigeria, we call it Lagos, is a same spelling, but in Portugal they call it Lagos. And so um, an amazing uh, coastal uh, city, and uh, we had a wonderful, wonderful time. And then from there we uh, <coughs> went uh, to London, where I chaired the um, 2022 uh, uh, panel of judges for the uh, came prize in African writing, um, which gives uh, £10,000 to the winning short story by an African writer, a writer of African descent. And uh, this year, um, a stunningly gifted Kenyan writer, Itza uh, Luhumyo, uh, won the prize this year. Yeah, so it was it was such amazing. It was a delight for me um, to be part of that process, uh, but that's not what we're. Uh, I mean, it's good to hear about that. That's some positive. Um, I mean, thirty years of marriage, Lagos, Lagos. 
I mean, they corrupted the coup and called it Lagos, and now we corrupted Lagos back. Lagos, Lagos. We corrupted Lagos, and we now call it Lagos. <laughs> yes. You know, see what happens, and you know, the King Prize was was very positive to to hear. Yeah. Um. I mean, obviously, it pales in comparison to to some of the things happening out here, but but. I mean, the things happening in Nigeria could give that a run for his money. Yeah. <laughs> and and I tell you something. I mean, uh, throughout our stay in Portugal, I couldn't, I couldn't start, I couldn't help thinking about Nigeria, because here you have a country of ten billion people. Okay, so at the time that Portugal went around the world conquering. Massive populations of people. There were roughly a million people. That's all there were. So today, Portugal has a population of 10 million people. It's a relatively small country. Uh, my wife and I rented a car, so we drove. Um, in fact, we arrived in Lisbon, the capital, uh, just after 1 a.m., and we picked up a rental car at the airport and uh, drove to Fatima, um, and then after a couple of days, we drove to, to Lagos, um, where we stayed a few more days, um, and went to, um, you know, visited some nearby coastal beach um, cities like Potomayo, Potima Potimayo, they call it. Um, and we, uh, it, it was, I kept thinking that they, this is not a wealthy country, okay? But this is a country uh, where everything works, okay? There are roads, I remarked to my wife, uh, were better than American roads. Of course, uh, their facilities were world-class, you know? Um, they... You don't find the same kind of wealth of ostentation as you find in wealthy circles in America. But, and of course, you know, we talked to a few, um, a few people, you know, who are not, uh, who are just workers. And uh, uh, the guy at the hotel, at the front desk of the first hotel we stayed in, uh, told us that he has to hold down two jobs in order to pay all his bills. But he has a family, and they go to school, and he's able to meet his needs. In Nigeria, that's not possible. You know, um, If you work at the front desk of a hotel in Nigeria, mm. the likelihood is that you, you can have a car, you can have a home, at least uh, not on your salary. Uh, precise, not on your salary, pr precisely. Your salary is if you have multiple and, jobs. And um, and so just the fact that you have a country that works, okay? Um, a country, um, for example, we went on a uh, on a boat tour on, on the Atlantic Ocean. It's amazing. And I'm going to share pictures in a day or two on Facebook and so on. Um and on the phone, you could book your tickets or you could go online and book your tickets and pay. And we showed up. Uh, we were told 
you know, to show up at 11 a.m. for the boat tour, but to come 15 minutes before, we came 15 minutes exactly at 11, they left. And you have hundreds of people who offer such boat tours. And each person, each boat, our boat had two men in it. You know, one was um, steering the boat. The other one was giving us a history of the place. And you see somebody who is not a historian, but he gave you a historian's grasp of the history of the town and of the history of Portugal, you know. And we went to museums and uh, in churches, for example, a church that has been there since the 1600s. And you went there and it's well-preserved. And, you know, again, the uh, staff at the, at, the, at the gallery, at the museum, sorry, could explain what was happening. Could they, you know, look at the mosaic, look at murals, look at uh, statues and so on, and speak authoritatively about them and about their provenance, about their meaning, and so on and so forth. And you, so, you know, um, what struck me was that there is a, a huge gap in our country. There is so much that we sh can and should be doing in Nigeria, which we're not, which we're not doing. So, you know, but Portugal would take a whole show. But today the show is Senator, ex-governor, Ahmed, Bola, Tinubu. And what I consider uh, the unraveling of his presidential campaign. Maybe people are not seeing it yet. I know that I have a friend who believes that uh, Tinubu is in as Nigeria's president. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's going to be a disaster. Tinubu as a president. Um, Tinubu has had, uh, uh, if, if we consider uh, in a rather detached and objective way the path that Tinubu has taken so far in his quest to be president, it is not enviable at all. First of all, he started by saying he was consulting, okay? And who does he consult? He goes to the likes of Babangida, you know, the people who have wrecked Nigeria. You don't consult those people if you want to build an, a, a country. You speak directly to the Nigerian people and you give them a sense that you recognize that Nigeria has missed its path for a long time, and then you sell them the vision that you are the person who will write the ship of state, okay? Um, but Tinubu went on, you know, meeting traditional rulers who, in a lot of ways, are a hindrance and an encumbrance on the achievement of the country's promise. And then is you know, so again stops at the homes of some of the uh, some of the clowns really who have wrecked the country and then ultimately when he declared his 
um, candidacy, you have a sense of entitlement that you know you had a sense of entitlement culminating in that insolent performance in Abiyokuta where he insulted basically Buhari insulted uh, Chubor Kadibo insulted you know like okay everybody Buhari had run with you know two or three Ibo people in the past and they couldn't make him president and I Tinubu made him president and he basically dismissed the governor of Ogun State as a boy. He can he couldn't have been there without me, you know. So it's a, a god complex. And what I've heard from a few of my Yoruba friends is that the Yoruba um, have a kind of suspicion of anybody who arrogates the god complex to him or herself. Okay. Um, Awo is somebody that the Yoruba have an almost um, a kind of um, almost godlike devotion okay too but Awo earned it okay He's, he was stellar in providing uh, free education free healthcare in building infrastructure in uh, in, 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 in the western region of the country. Tinubu has not earned anything. If anything, Tinubu has become a buccaneer and a parasite and has made turned south, the southwest of Nigeria into a food basket for himself. He has produced nothing. Okay. So, uh, so I have a couple of uh, friends, uh, Yoruba friends. I just spoke with one in London who is really plugged in and who knows Tinubu on a personal basis, and he told me that Tinubu has lost it. And he said that what happened to the APC candidate, which maybe is where we should start. Oh, yeah. Where, yeah, Adem where Ademola Adeleke, yeah. the candidate of the PDP, defeated the sitting governor supported by Bola Tinubu. Okay? Um, I think that is the first sort of the opening salvo by, uh, by the Southwest to Tinubu that your game is up. And, um, uh, you know, uh, we, both of us have seen the video where he was leaving telling it out of uh, Oshun State by night. <laughs> and uh, I, we happened to run into Atiku. And Atiku was saying, yeah, you know, they're chasing you. <laughs> you know. Um, and it's metaphorically a chasing out of Tinubu. Because when he stood in Abiyokuta and said, yeah, it's my turn, you know. No, Nigeria does not owe you the presidency. If you have something to offer to Nigeria and to Nigerians. Nigerians have, have suffered. You know, we've taken a country that should be one of the most remarkable countries in the world, and we've turned it into into a tragic story. And so Nigerians are yearning for. Um, 
for a long overdue and for a savior re, re, yeah, yeah you know and and of course you know the whole savior thing is a different story right because um we're not going to have a savior there's no savior around right uh we are all going to save ourselves collectively nigerians have collaborated in the destruction of their country they must work together if we're going to have that country and I've, again i've maintained that nigeria is not an inevitable sacred space is not but if we're going to continue to have nigeria and if we're going to save it and we're going to make it live up to the promise uh that still exists within it is going to take the collective effort of nigerians is not going to take one person and that's why i say that the whole idea of the magic man is 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 nonsensical i don't know what your take yeah i was just uh, i mean you went on a little bit but i was just like you know um listening to uh you know the 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 you're chronicling the opening salvo of this this um era of tinubu cuz i mean obviously he came in uh, back in 99 uh bobo chicago according to some that used to be his nickname in chicago he was on exile he had some stella um rec- um, re- um reviews um by even none none less than walisho in care remember the i watched that speech again Well, I've forgotten what the function was where he was talking about how Tinubu was very um was a, a real soldier during the Nadeko struggle and how they had run away to this thing and how they had come back and even when he came back this was showing uh, her talking um he didn't his house was 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 torn down and he had to rebuild the large parts of his house that he had where to stay and you know Tinubu's wife um who he has made a sign to announce to uh, sent sent um um you know um cooking utensils and all that these were stellar reviews of people who felt uh, at the time i'm pretty sure showing <laughs> doesn't have i've i've listed to his current views on the last 10 years of of tinubu but i'm pretty sure he doesn't even want to see the what i'm pretty sure it'll be very interesting to hear what he thinks now but um you know that was the tinubu of then the tinubu of then comes in um so much um discrepancies in in his everything his name where he's from did he go to school in chicago he can't he wouldn't even pronounce school 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 i always say this thing about all these guys that we like they went to this school whether i was um was it gali nagba was it, was it nagba sorry was it the first speaker at university yeah, of toronto salisu buhari yeah. salisu salisu right yes yes, yes. yes so i always say this thing about these people right mm-hmm. the constitution says <laughs> All you need is a school leaving certificate, mm-hmm. GED if you're in America, um, you know SSC. You know you don't necess- you don't have to have gone to University of Toronto or Chicago or whatever <laughs> you went. <laughs> all you have to do is produce. Um, all you have to do is produce that um, uh, uh, you know SSC result. That's all you have to do. That's you know pretty much it. But for some reason. Even to produce the SSC results in Tinubu's case and many others, they are in it. They are un- unable to produce it. Nothing, zero. You know whether they're hiding their age or they're real this thing or whatever it is. Like you can literally, right? Even if you're hiding all these things, age, location, you can go swear on an affidavit. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
and then go and write in USSC. <laughs> that new one you don't have to go down this. if you know if you can't produce this you know Chicago or Toronto or wherever it is you just have to produce SSC that's all it's not that difficult you could just go and write a new one and, and you know you know produce one and that's it's not and have all those your your new name there that's what you want uh, but somehow somewhere all these um, men and individuals are unable to ever produce these things. And you see Tinubu, all those things go on and on and on. Um, you know, he, he 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 started off as a populist in a way, you know, challenging the constitution, the 90 fraudulent 99 constitution in terms of the local government allocations, which uh, Obasanjo then withholds legal state allocations for the eight years he was in office and all that. Um, you'd see that with Tinubu, right? Um uh, and you, you get to find out at the end of the day, this is a man that just made Lagos State his personal property. Not uh, just Lagos, Lagos State, he actually went beyond Lagos State um, <clears throat> because what Tinubu did essentially is to carve out the Southwest as his fiefdom yeah. and begins to, he began to put in the governors and so on and uh, to reap uh, financial benefit from, from, from those states. Um, yeah, you know, the truth is that there's a moment when Tinubu, uh, as a politician, was, was an articulate politician, could express himself, right? But the Tinubu we have today has nothing going for him. You know the man is the Tinubu that we that we have today is um, somebody who who thinks is um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So the Tinubu we have today is um, sort of pretends to be uh, an owl, right? But but he's nothing of the sort. And what happened in Oshun State where Governor Boyega Oyetola? Uh, the incumbent governor lost by close to 30,000 votes to a man, Ademola uh, Adeleke, uh, who is most famous for dancing. <laughs> 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 you know, uh, who is most, you know, well-known, who is most well-known for, uh, for being a party animal of sorts yeah, and, and he, he he really humiliates Tinubu's candidate wins 17 out of uh, 30 um, local governments uh, so it's a decisive victory and um, and so that this defeat of the APC comes at a time when Tinubu has just clinched the uh, presidential ticket of the APC does not bode well uh, for his candidacy and does not bode well for how the Yoruba see him. So that now you have a situation where the PDP can almost claim that by the time of the 2023 presidential elections, they would have a 50-50 split of power with the APC in the Southwest. And you have a situation where 
I don't think that um, Ogun State, where the current vice president of Shimbanjo comes comes from, uh, that the governor and the Shimbanjo, uh, who were both basically humiliated by Tinubu, are going to be particularly enthusiastic about working for his candidacy. Um, so that's that's one one issue. I don't know how you how you look at it. Yeah, I mean um, the. I mean, uh, you you could uh, there are ways to read all these things into it, uh, but at the same time, I don't hit it too far because at the same time, I'm still a PDP person that won. However, um, I mean, the candidate is somebody who people can um, relate to, mm-hmm. um, you know, in terms of uh, the the image the delicate family has. Um, you know, is a guy who. Exactly. He actually did what, um, you know, he, he ran and he brought out his school sats too. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he did exactly what all these guys should do. He brought out his school sats when, um, you know, people said he hadn't completed a, a degree yeah. and all that. He brought out his school sats and then became a senator yeah. the first time. And he right. ran it last time. He, he lost. Mm-hmm. Um, he came back here and finished whatever college credits he had left mm-hmm. um, in Jackson State. You know, mm-hmm. he started out, out, actually out, out here in New York, if I'm not wrong before they moved out to Atlanta. And um, he went there this time around, and like you said, he's more known to be a party animal. Uh, absolute massive guy mm-hmm. that, you know, wants to show there's fitness in, in ways. <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> yeah. That you can be obese, and yet <laughs> yeah. be nimble on the dance floor. Yeah, so yeah. He, he goes out there and hits the ground and appeals to actually, you know, like it or not, even though he's a PDP. He did appeal to people. Um, yeah. You watch his speech after the his his the whole theatrics, even from the moment he was being announced. The, the videos he brings out all the stops. His nephew, um, uh, um, uh, Davido, you know, they all come there. And as it does another thing, his nephew even comes out for him, which is to me, it's career is detrimental to his career. No matter who, no matter what happens, I don't see his his uncle doing lifting people the way they would want but they i i think you know if if for a lot of them if like just like you said yorubas don't like to generally speaking um from a spiritual standpoint they don't like to abrogate anybody abrogating godlike status to themselves so even though our is looked at as almost as a godlike status start in, in stature our himself you wouldn't find our himself um going out to uh, uh you know, yeah. take that that mantle. Yeah, it's yeah. like in sports where, um, for instance, if I use my, I, I always use my analogies. If you think of a Michael Jordan, there's nowhere where Michael Jordan comes out to tell you he's the greatest. Mm-hmm. Never does. In his mind, he does believe, and he will tell you that stepping on the course is willing to smoke anybody to yes. use sports terms. Mm-hmm. But he's not going to. They've asked him those questions. Like, look, he can't come out and say he's greater than the people that came before him because yeah. he never got to play them. You know, but if he stepped on the court with him from a competitive standpoint, he would win. I will have that arrogance that from mm-hmm. a competitive standpoint, yeah. if you gave him the opportunity, he was going to do what he was it took. Be the best candidate, yeah. And you know, even though in his life he had um, so many questions, which is not part of this podcast, in terms of um, his standing prior to the Civil War, 
Africa operating on Rare TRN64, how he comes out of Calabar, what he was supposed to do, was he responsible for the start, which, you know, as he did, he just implement with the Yorubas, we say the starvation policies against the Igbos and always more or less saw the Igbos. I mean, I think that's kind of factual as his competitors. But later, later on in his life, in his last campaign, he got to understand the alliance, which is something I was going to point to the candidate. I'd rather talk more of the candidate that won the alliance, which in his last election, he picked up uh, Umadi as his, an Igbo person as his vice president. This thing, he, he, he got to understand that. So it was the same thing. It was the, the way you'd look at Tinubu, the disparagingly, um, at, the attitude he had in Ogun State, you know, against the governor, against the political establishment, mm-hmm. against Igbo people, mm-hmm. the way he said these things. You know, but you saw the guy that won. He came out the next day and spoke very decent Igbo. And, you know, you were saying it, that Igbos have this thing when they see somebody speaking Igbo and all that. But, <laughs> you know, they start spreading the videos and all that. But in reality, you do have a man whose mother is Igbo. From all accounts that I know of, they have a, the whole, most of that family, they tend to actually gravitate towards that direction. But the ma- a man who's... Uh, this thing is Igbo, who actually spent time growing up in Inugu. And then in his message, he's actually thanking Igbo people for supporting him. And you have to remember, whether you like it or not, or you jump up and down about it, Igbos are consistently in every state in the Federation are the largest, second largest voting block. Um, in some states, you might say, oh, there are more ethnic groups. Like if you go to a Joss or a Plato, you could say there are, there, are, there are a lot of ethnic groups. But even in states, in a lot of states, Igbos tend to um, outnumber even other large indigenous ethnic groups more times to be the second largest. But even if you disagree, at least you, you nobody would disagree that Igbos are the second largest non-indigenous, they're the largest non-indigenous group in every state, local government place. So you can't walk into, in a real election, even with all the irregularities, actual ones that happen in Nigeria, the rigging and everything, the accounting votes, you are going to need Igbo votes. And these are even the ones that will tell you that they are Igbos. They are the ones that would be like they are not Igbos, which who are ethnically Igbos from, uh, you know, every study that has been done. Um, you know, so you, you need those votes. You could see that contrast with the candidacy of Tinubu and his people. And going into it with Tinubu, and it's not to now get into ageism or anything. I don't, I don't believe you could have a forty-year-old who loses capacities. That's right. <laughs> you, 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 you see a man who is having a certain level of um, physical decline. Um, it's not to make fun of him or yeah. anything. He doesn't even in the Nigeria that anything goes. You've had multiple people now who have had are not are incapable of physically going. I mean, we're going through that in America right now. But, mm-hmm. you know, Tinubu is not the guy he clearly, Was. whatever it yeah, is, yeah. you know, I, I wish, I don't wish, you know, physical bad or illness or whatever term on anybody, but this is a man that clearly should um, tend more to himself at this point in time. Which you is, know. you know, it's uh, it's a point, which it's a good, a good, good place to segue to that. Uh, to the issue of his health, and then um, uh, then we'll come back to uh, to the to the ticket 
that he has orchestrated a Muslim Muslim ticket and you know the um, consequences of that. But to stay with Tinubu's um, health, I don't want to apologize about my take on this, right? Um, as humans, we are more or less uh, feeble today, vital the next day, until we get to a critical point in our lives where our health, our health will tip in one direction, which is toward greater debilitation until death. Okay? So, the reason I don't want to apologize is that Nigerians have suffered too much. So I don't want to start saying I don't wish him uh, ill or something. It is a particular kind of malice when somebody who is clearly in bad health, in poor health, as Tinubu is, wants to run a country as complex, as desiring, as desiring of of good, attentive, a lot leadership as Nigeria is. Nigeria, Nigerians have suffered too much. Okay, We've gone through uh, a Yaradua who spent much of his presidency basically looking after his health. Okay, When you have a country that is challenging, you should step aside if you are not physically fit. Okay, So Yaradua occupied space as president in Nigeria. And he allowed the precipitous decline of the affairs of the country because he simply wasn't up to it. When, when you don't have your health together, you know, when you and I fall sick, and we do, yeah. we, we can't... I like to cook a lot, Okay. My children, my wife, they love my cooking. So, but if I'm, when I'm sick, I'm too sick to cook for anybody, okay? I'm even too sick sometimes to, to drink water, if, if I'm offered water, right? So, if I'm sick and my family is expecting me to feed them, and I say, no, nobody else should cook. I'm the cook in this house, which anybody who knows me, I mean, you know me and you know Very me. true. I mean, you cook a lot as well. Yeah, I do. And by the way, Nigerians think that men should not cook. Meet two men <laughs> who cook love them. to cook. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. In, in fact, <laughs> part of what I do is that when I visit friends and relatives around the world, I say to, if they will let me, I say to the uh host or hostess, I said, please leave your kitchen. I want to cook. Because <laughs> <Very true laughs> cooking for me is, is such a beautiful thing. So yeah, I agree. that's something that Nigerian men, you know, it's, it's a scandal that Nigerian men think that is the office of women to cook. I love cooking in my house. I'm the main cook. Okay? So get used to it. <laughs> okay. But let's say that I'm sick and one of my children wants to go and cook, or my wife wants to go and cook, and say, oh, no, 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 you can't go to the kitchen, I'm, I'm the cook. I won't be useful to them, because they will starve, because I'm lying there sick. So now imagine a complex, a mo much more complex organism like the nation, 
when your health is poor, but out of a sudden sense of vanity or, or arrogance, you say, I must be the person running this space. It's malice. It's wickedness on your part. And I'm saying Nigerians have suffered enough. Nigerians don't have power. They don't have good roads. They don't have health care. They don't have good schools. Our universities are still on strike. Okay, we have nothing. And we need the kind of leadership that will think of how to create these facilities for Nigerians. If you are sick, you're going to be spending an inordinate amount of your time usually in hospitals abroad. And that's another tragedy. Yeradua was sick as the governor of Katsina. He was sick. Did he, imp- did he then say, let me invest in healthcare in Katsina? No. He was using the resources of Katsina to take himself abroad for treatment. When he became president, did he say, let me create uh, a first-class healthcare system in Nigeria? No. Just for himself. He will fly abroad to go get healthcare treatment. Go to Germany specifically. And go to Germany and then to Saudi Arabia and so on. Mm-hmm. Then Buhari came in, the same thing. This is a prior, man. Prior to that, we had a bacha where we had a bacha. I think it was the entire last year of his president. His president, I think he was only seen two, three times. Precisely. So. You know, so so Nigeria has been wrecked by sick men. Men who are sick in body and in their minds as well. In Tinubu's case, as in uh, Buhari's case, I mean, you see Buhari, sometimes you ask him a question and he will start answering a totally different thing. That's mental incapacity, guys. Okay? Tinubu has missed several steps. Tinubu cannot go down Did you see the one where they were asking him about the party and he's like, um, all people's Congress Party. All people, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, you know. So, so yeah, you know. So, I mean, no, he, we, he, we have leaders. He ended up saying, "Sorry, Alliance for Democracy." Alli- yeah. Instead of saying yeah. all people, he didn't even, yes, yes, he didn't even know which party. You know. You know. So, but. so you know. So, so the point is, so here is a point. Tinubu, uh, were it not for vanity or arrogance, should not have sought to run for the presidency. Tinubu is a man who is in the uh, in great decline in terms of health, and that decline is both physical and is mental. When you watch the guy speaks, it's painful. He cannot articulate a sentence without seeming lost. The man looks lost when he speaks. Yeah, he does. Okay. Um, and so. You know, so what I say to him really is, to the extent that you insist on running our affairs, I hold it against you. It's wickedness on your part. Because, you know, Nigeria needs an attuned, alert, attentive, energetic leader. It's not you. Mm. So if you are going to manage, if you are going to insist that you manage our affairs, it will be like me being sick for a week and telling my family nobody else should go to the kitchen. I alone go to the kitchen. That means I'm saying to my family, you're going to starve for a week. Okay? And so that's wickedness on his part. 
So all I have to say to Tinubu really is Nigerians have seen through this. There is the huge viral video where it was alleged that he peed on himself. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, it's not a crime. It's not a moral failing to be incontinent. The moral failing is to be incontinent, to be of ill health, and then demand that it's your turn to run the affairs of a people who have suffered for decades, who need their, who need to be to be brought out from this place of of deprivation and of tragic, tragic suffering. Yeah, it's very, it's very, it's a country that has been reduced to literally the bare, the, the barest, um, animalistic tendencies and, and, yeah. and all those things. Um, I, I mean, it's just a guy that shouldn't be there. Um, and it, I mean, it's, this week we're talking about him and subsequently we'll talk, we've, we'll keep uh, talking about each and every one of them. But in this case, it's like, of the three of them, because they are now the three candidates, mm-hmm. um, he's he's by far probably the worst. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, give or take. And then you look at the events that happened uh, this week. Um, you look at all the things that happened. You look at you look at a guy who you know even in his illness, just like I mean, to the last point you made, even in his illness, you look at his convoy uh, videos of of his convoy passing and and holding people in traffic for three hours. Yes. Um, you know, again, it's, arrogance. Arrogance. Yeah, it's a guy who, and even amongst the Eurobars, that more often than not, the Eurobars would like to vote their own people generally, but even they are not interested in having him um, overall. Um, and you know, segue into the, the arrogance parts. You'd see, even in his choice of um, vice presidential candidates, which is the next thing we're we're, we're going to talk about. Even in his choice of, of vice presidential candidates, mm-hmm. you have him going to pick a Kanuri uh, Muslim. Uh, you know, it, it's in a country that this is not even 1993. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this not is June not. Yeah, it's not Abiola's time. This is not Abiola's time. This is way. not 93. This is not Abiola's time. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if you go back to 79, one of the biggest. Um, um, issues back in 79, back in 66, um, 66 when the assass- after the assass- after the murder by T.Y. Danjuma and Co. Well, he didn't pull the trigger, but he literally pulled the trigger, just put it that way, from all accounts, he arrested his distant. Um, when the North had uh, did the counter coup, what's called the counter coup, I just, I just called it the mutiny, when they did the counter coup, and, um, they were going to um, separate Araba. They were going to separate Maritala held the airport. They took out all their people back to the north. Uh, they had days of conversations in Dodan Barracks and the British and the Americans and the distance implored upon them and all that. A key part in picking Gowon was not just that he was a northerner. Even though he wasn't a northerner, they were um, willing to do business with the core north or whatever term people tend to use, uh, whether it's the caliphate or the poor corners. A key part of that was that he was a Christian. He needed a balancing act 
even in the bloodthirstiness of 1966, these 30-something-year-old and even some of them 20-something-year-old clowns, in my opinion, um, understood that that reality. Whether it was through the... Because the British and um, the British made clear the Western position. You break out, we're going to crush you. We're not going to, you know, all that stuff. But I was them also telling them, like, you know, you have to do this. And they ended up having to pick, go on. And his unofficial number two was obviously Maritala, uh, unofficially was Maritala. But go on was, you know, they, they understood that dynamic. You're sitting on a keg of gunpowder. The way people see things, you're looking at. You go into the north and the religious leaders, you know, the father of Shegumi, all those guys that were beginning to gain popularity, and so that led up to the Metisene, 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 Metisene. Metisene riots and all those kind of things. You keep looking at those things historically, and people had they, they looked for a balance um, because that is one keg of gunpowder. People talk of MKO and all that. Like MKO built mosques. MKO and Latifa Adebite were the ones that even put Nigeria literally in OP, um, OIC, mm-hmm. Organization of Islamic Countries, that tore uh, the veil on the Bubangida administration and showed just what they were, you know, what they were doing, mm-hmm. that they were all uh, Southerners and all that. And at the end of the day, whether people like it or not, that was something that led the forces in the military to eventually truncate what should have been an MKO presidency it was one of the one of the many things. Even though MKO MKO won, yes, he did. But having a distant, but in this era, having a Muslim Muslim ticket is oh man, it's a keg of gunpowder out there. Yeah, um, and especially because uh, President Muhammad Buhari has been particularly nepotistic. Um, has had a very miniaturized vision of Nigeria. It's like in Buhari's uh, vision, Nigeria is uh, it's, 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 it's a tiny thing and uh, he would almost con- he would consistently when positions came uh, became available Buhari inevitably chose a northerner, you know, um, when he had to appoint memberships of boards and so on. Um, he inevitably, there were, the, you know, his lists were dominated by northerners and so on, and northern Muslims, not. Uh, so much paying attention to the minority ethnic groups. Uh, which those are quite those a few ones aligned, yes, from a religious perspective, aligned with um, certain um, clerics, mm-hmm. yes. certain religious precisely, clerics. Precisely. Um, so, so you know, and then with with Boko Haram and the uh, the kind kind of menace they've constituted in the country, with. Um, the Hertzman crisis, uh, where whole communities have been sacked by Hertzman, uh, heavily armed, and uh, almost with the tacit support of the political authority in the country, 
uh, Nigeria is in a particularly fragile place, you know, with the movement, uh, IPOB, Indigenous Peoples of Biafra, uh, their call for uh, separation from Nigeria with the uh, movement or Duduwa movement in Yoruba land mm-hmm. uh, asking for separation. You know, so the country is so riven. Even in the Middle Belt, you so have... So riven, so divided. Those, those ethnic yeah. groups, they're all calling for, yeah. whether it's the Jukums and distance yes. in, in Taraba, or the Thieves in Benue, or, I mean, you, we yes. saw Governor Orotom, I, I believe I pronounced his name well. Yes, yes. Or, you know, you, you see all these pockets, uh, whether it's um, um, the, 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 the Langtans people yeah. in, in Plitu. You, know. you have all these people are, are sitting down every day in Kaduna, Southern Kaduna feels completely submerged not just in Buhari but in, in El Rufaisen. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to Niger, yeah. the, the little groups there, the Nupes, uh, even Bangida's ethnic group, the Gwaris, a lot of them are feeling very uncomfortable. Very marginalized and so on. So the country is in a particularly tense, you know, so you can say that the present is tense. There is present tension in the country. All right, uh, a tension that has never existed to the same degree at any point in Nigeria's history. So, for you to be uh, come from the APC, which has presided over this moment of of um, of morbid symptoms, what Gramsci will call, you know, morbid symptoms in the nation, and then to go ahead and is that uh, Antonio Gramsci? Uh, uh, yeah, Antonio Gramsci. Uh, one of my favorites. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, so 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 for 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 you to choose a governor who is not distinguished in any way. I mean, it was laughable for me to watch uh, Governor Shetima um, declare himself Antinubu as a dream team. You know, that's one of the things that Nigerian politicians are good at. They abuse words you know um but that's that's a totally different thing let's <laughs> let's not go there so dream team well and it's, it's, like, night, it's, nightmare. It's, it's like it's like precisely it's like if this is a dream team then give me a nightmare <laughs> that's exactly what i thought i said if 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 tinubu and shatima represent dream team in nigeria then please um i want uh, the nightmare, <laughs> but but also you see that Tinubu and Shetima knew. They knew. How could they not? That what they were doing in a Muslim Muslim ticket at this point in Nigeria's history was wrong. And so, what did they do? They staged a very absurd theater. Yeah. So so, so you 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 know it it was clear that Tinubu and, uh, and his campaign uh, realized that a Muslim-Muslim ticket is a tough, indeed impossible, and if not diabolical sale in today's Nigeria. I liken it to a, a person who realizes like they have a drug problem yeah. or an alcohol problem, yeah. and your solution to it 
is to take them to a bar. Yeah. Or this, this, and say, you know, <laughs> how about it? Hang, yeah. hang out here, yeah, you know. Yeah, hang out. This, this, this is yeah. a, a country Maybe you see enough yeah. alcohol that you'll be revolted or this something. Is a, this is a country yeah. where yeah. the slightest yeah. thing that happens, yes. you see people murdering each other yeah. based on religious I mean, grounds. I mean, moment after a young woman was killed in the most gruesome, heinous way in, in Sokoto, Okay, just for telling her classmates to remove references to their religion mm -hmm. from a, a listserv. Okay, she was killed in this Nigeria. You are bringing in, and you know, I mean, I mean, I, I saw a list. Okay, so after that, people now put forth the list, which we could get into the nitty gritty of it. But the main factors: governorship, so Christian, Muslim, Christian, yes, Christian, yes. and it's like, look. Essentially, what you're even trying to your the arguments which a lot of people are that are okay with it, which is fine. If you were saying Muslim, Muslim, it'll have been like two highly competent uh, Muslims that don't have that have a history of not being, but of being fair and not being tribal. It'll be cool, but you have a history of a, a godfather, a a a part of the final match of the main match that leads. That started Boko Haram. Mm -hmm. Other people don't understand who Shetima mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. You know, the guy that was in the bank, uh, a banker to all these guys and hanging around. I'm not even talking of his private affairs, his public affairs. You hear all kinds of private things, which I can't really verify. But what we do know is that he was part of the Ali Modi Sharif train. That's absolutely that elites Boko Haram. That's factual. Mm -hmm. That's not even uh, this thing. Yeah. You have and you have another guy who is, I mean. He's everything we've said and a lot more. I mean, if you wanted to, you wanted to sit down and talk about factual things about Tinubu, it, the the man is a gift that keeps on giving. But people, his fans are his fans. You know, he has his good sides. He he takes care of his people. He gives you his word. He sticks to his word, um, not for the benefit of society, no, or for the benefit of enriching Tinubu. certain people that yeah. he has classified as a goal. Yeah, you know, these this this uh. It's just, and then people brought out that list and they're showing, and it's like, Governor, this, Governor, and it's like, okay, cool. I could point out like basic things that happen, like in the Nasarawa that um, used to be Christian, and then Christian, uh, Christian, used to, it should have been like a Christian, Christian, but it's turned to like a Christian, a Muslim Christian, when the numbers don't support that and the elections don't show that they are fair enough. You could go to other states, uh, Kaduna, that, should really be Christian or most, but now it's like a Muslim Muslim, and they're like, well, the Christians don't even exist as far as they're concerned. Adamawa has the same problem where Atiku ended up having a problem by handing over to a Christian when he became vice president as Bonnie Haruna. Mm -hmm. um, became problematic in the States, you know, where you have these kind of things. But even upon all these instances that you can put and peel and, and show. Yeah, like, well, it's even, or it's, oh, you have more Christian governors and this thing. And I'm like, this is pro this is almost certainly in spite of a lot of things. Yeah. And, you know, but it's neither here nor there, but it's just in this era yeah. with the kind of leadership from the top. And and to compound, yeah, to compound uh, the, um, the, the, this really atrocious decision uh, that Tinubu has made, he, his campaign then arranges uh, for a troop of clowns 
to be decked out in clerical um, outfit, garments, and to pose as bishops and priests and pastors to lend uh, a veneer of legitimacy to something that was otherwise politically shocking yeah. to a lot of Nigerians. I think what happened to the background to that first was that the Christian organization of Nigeria, which yes. is mostly largely the umbrella body of most of the large, well, if not mm-hmm. all of the Christian, but the majority of them said, no, this is not, you can't, we're not going to, we're not, they are, they, they, to, they are, to paraphrase their statements, it's like, we're not political, but this is like looking, is like carrying matches to a gun fight. This is not what we're going to stand for. Mm-hmm. So they were not going to be part of it. Typically, they would come there and give the blessings or whatever. It is what it is. They, they are not political. But this time, they are like, no, no, they're going to have nothing to do with that. So they start releasing pictures. Shatima's camp starts releasing pictures of, I think it was seven, eight, nine, ten years, when he was governor, where you had um, um, a Christian delegation come to Boronu mm-hmm. um, for, I've forgotten what they said it was for, for some function. And... You know, they, they now said, according to the Archbishop, which I think is a Catholic Archbishop of Cardinals, I think Kagama also, I can't remember. I, I watched his distance, I should get the exact name. According to the distance, what they told them was, look, when they got there and they had they were performing their distance, it'd be good to pay a courtesy visit on the governor because of the um, problems that they are facing with Boko Haram, even though the guy in the office was part of the creation. That was neither here nor there in that conversation. And probably they didn't even know. And that they went there to pay this thing and pray for the states. And after that, they took a picture. Shetima camp now starts releasing it like picture, these yeah. guys uh, have endorsed us. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's like, yes. really? You know, and then they get to the distance and no um, respectable, in a country of charlatan, by the way, uh, bishops and relig- Christian religious figures, no even low grade Christian religious figure wanted to go there mm-hmm. and that was what exactly happened next what you are trying to describe yes. you know yes so you know so they found uh actors uh very clownish actors you know to pose as as uh christian uh religious leaders um and of course you know that part of the fallout is that is that some of those actors complained that they were not paid uh, what they were promised, that um, they were not paid up to what they were promised, um, that some APC operatives uh, took uh, <laughs> a cut of the money they, they were supposed to, to get paid. But this is all, first of all, it's politically, um, it, 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 it just looks politically terrible for Tinubu. But it's also, on a more substantive level, an insult to Christians. If you knew that the decision you were making in adopting a Muslim-Muslim ticket was an unpopular one, an honest political leader would come out and confront that issue and give an address and say, I know that this would seem uh, inappropriate to some people, but this is how I justify it, okay? So he should have been open about it. Rather than adopting this dodge of finding some actors, you know, 
and you think that this is going to somehow fly. So if you expected that you could tell Nigerians this lie and they will buy it, that somehow some Christian leaders came and uh, approved of this ticket, then if you are lying on this matter, on what matter is Tinubu going to tell Nigerians the truth? Is it on issues of policy, on issues of his personnel decisions as president, on issues of his actions? And by the way, so this fits a pattern. Okay, so Tinubu, we don't know. As far as Nigerians are concerned, objectively, the man we call Tinubu is a fiction. We're not sure that his name is Tinubu. Bola Ahmed Tinubu, right? <laughs> so we don't know his name. We don't know where he went to elementary school. We don't know where he went to secondary school. For that matter, we don't know the year he was born. We don't know who his parents were. We don't know so much about him. Yeah. And so you compound it with showing Nigerians now that you believe in make-believe. Yeah. Okay? So, again, for me, I respect a leader who, having taken uh, a controversial decision, says, I'm going to confront it. I'm going to go before voters and Nigerians, and I'm going to address them to explain why I made the decision that I did. If you are constructing uh, a grand deception, okay, then it means that you understood all along that you shouldn't have made the decision you made, okay? That a different decision was wiser, was more prudent, was more called for. Um, and so I think that when we consider the outcome of the Oshun State elections, when we consider the fact, by the way, which we haven't got to, because I think that ultimately that even though Tinubu had a decisive victory in the APC primaries, decisive because he bought it, he purchased it. Despite that, I think that another thing that Tinubu is going to find out is that when it comes to the election, the APC governors that he's counting on in the <laughs> north are going to throw their support behind Atiku Abubakar of the PDP. Sort of the same thing that PDP governors did to Jonathan yeah. in 2015 when Jonathan felt that you know his party controlled most of the governorships and so he was going to go in there um, sort of the autumn favorite. And a lot of those governors were working uh, in a, you know, a kind of subterfuge. Um, were working quietly for yeah. Buhari. Yeah. I mean, just like you said, man, um, I mean, <laughs> just to <laughs> round up on those uh, religious figures, man, um, it wasn't just um, was the impunity of the, but just looking at 
when I saw the picture of the inauguration mm-hmm. and I saw those guys, I'm like, well, maybe it's just me because I always like <laughs> to have a level of self-awareness. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I live in America. Like, okay, cool. Um, these guys look really... Um, they look really interested to me. Because, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, all right, let me, you know, maybe it's just me, yeah, you know. The, I just, the way they were walking, you know, some of them were covering their faces. Like, so that, uh, the way uh, they were dressed, the, yeah. the dresses were not yeah. even fitting. ironed or fitted. Yeah. They look, <laughs> I was just like, it's like, yeah. you know, I like to have that self-awareness. I, yeah, I live in America, I get, yeah. yada, yeah, you know, um, it, first world problems, yeah. ironing your clothes. Yes, I was like, okay, yes, you know, yes. I went back, I took a look at, um, bishops of this thing, the the guys that are running now, whether it's Pedro, Ma- no, Pedro mm. Martins is leading now, um, is departed us now, you know. So whether it's um, um, I think Adewale Martins, or mm-hmm. uh, you know, or whichever, I don't know all these guys of their recent pictures, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, well, mm. standards are still the same as I remember them. Yes. So I'm like, okay, maybe it's still just me. Let yes, me just let it go. Yes, yes. And then you know, the next day, people come out and start identifying the mechanic here. It is. Yeah. They said they were supposed to be paid a hundred thousand naira, which Turns out to buy a hundred and thirty dollars, and the the dogs give them forty thousand, which is somewhere around maybe eighty dollars or something like that. You know, uh, all kinds of stories come out. People start identifying these guys, and, and you know, <laughs> it's like there was <laughs> some of them would. So for those who are Catholics, you would know like the um, the priests were having mass a, when they say mass or church service or whatever term that is more. Um, that translates into what you think of what people do on Sundays. They have the, it's called a, a chastable vest, which they typically wear when they are celebrating uh, or performing some certain um, rites. You know, in some cases it might be just, um, uh, you know, what, yeah, but it's typically done in, in a celebration. This thing, you don't, you have different outfit. For a situation like that, you won't see a priest walking around just, on the streets with, with, with <laughs> just, yeah. you just wouldn't yeah. see that yeah. you know, any priest that if you're an actual priest that means you know and you did you do that that means your faculties might not be where they need to yeah. be at the point in time but no yeah. priest does that Mm-mm. so when I saw some of those priests those guys wearing that and I even saw a lady wearing that mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like you know maybe, so you know to, to, to get to it and it's, it's something that when people had asked me before the primary they asked me I said look to get to where, where things are with Tinubu. When people are asked before the primary, I said, look, what's going to happen is this. If the North has decided on a Tiku, then Tinubu will be the candidate. Yeah. I said that before. Yeah, that if the North has decided that Tiku will be the person for them to support, mm-hmm. then Tinubu will be the candidate. There will be, be little the to foil, no resistance. The, the man that um, and they want a Tiku it's, to, to defeat. It seems like those around him who really want him to lose even more, have once first things first, we haven't talked. I even we I'm not even getting to the ethnic um, divisions between uh, Kanuris and um, what has become the uh, Fulani, Fulani Caliphates. Mm-hmm. They don't even see eye to eye. And mm-hmm. uh, for those who don't even understand the the dynamics of what happened in in the '93 elections, you had uh, Abiola and Bagana King who was actually a Kanuri, but from from Kano, mm-hmm. so he was more like a Fulanized Kanuri. And then you had um, um, what they call uh, Bashir Tofa. Tofa. Yeah, Bashir on Tofa. On the other side, who was, you know, also another Kano ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, if you had seen their steps, you would know how much they wanted to align to North Central and Northeast uh, Fulani, whether it's the Zungero Caliphate people, whichever side, but down to Sokodi approved this then. A typical 
Kanye kind of person has a problem with the caliphate. There, there are all kinds of these things mm-hmm. which yeah. we could always go. But then you, you also have people who have now pushed him to make sure that any chance he has of getting those, he's going to lose. Yeah, not going to get. He's going to yeah. lose the southeast. Mm-hmm. He's already annoying his own Yoruba people. Yeah, yeah. Um, even the Canary people is a question mark. If um, the northeast, which is like Boronu, um, um, Adamawa, Yube, mm-hmm. Taraba, Taraba, all these places, I could, I could pretty much tell you Taraba and Yube is probably you no know, because Taraba yeah. is largely Christian. Yeah, uh, even has a Christian governor. I think even a Christian deputy governor. Yeah, I could t- I could pretty much tell you that that's probably not going to work yeah. out for for yeah. him in that direction. So mm-hmm. it's almost like somebody. I don't even think he's trying to lose. I think he has the arrogance of thinking he's going to win. To win. But I think um, people have put out a real road for him to yeah. lose with well, undoubtedly. I mean, part of it is, I, I think that what you just said is true, that there is uh, clearly, without him knowing it, even within his party, that there are people who are already telegraphing his loss. But I think that much of Tinubu's... Um, Travail is self-inflicted, you know, that this is a man who has lost it, you know, mentally, you know, and uh, and physically, obviously. Um, we don't see him climbing any steps or descending one without somebody helping him. Um, when he was reading, speaking at the APC convention, we saw his hands shaking visibly. Uh, this is a man who uh, perhaps, you know, pees on himself, you know, so he has no reason, really, you know, to, to, to want to be the president. You know what, the, the question the I was going to ask, um, which I could answer at first, but what do you think is the most decent thing he should do right now? It goes without saying that Tinubu should not be in the race. Okay, Tinubu should not be in the race. Haven't, uh, um, haven't fought for and spent all this money, squandered all this money <laughs> in securing a ticket to fertility. Uh, I'm not sure that Tinubu is going to be, um, uh, that Tinubu is going to hearken to any voice of reason to leave the race. But ultimately, um, Tinubu, at any point, could say, hey, you know, I'm going to London for a medical checkup or whatever. And he comes back and says, you know, uh, my doctor has suggested that I take it easy and I want to give Nigerians the best if I became leader. And since I can't, because of my health issues, I'm going to step down uh, from running. At this late stage, that would mean that the APC will not have a presidential candidate uh, or perhaps the, uh, I don't know if Shatima becomes the default presidential candidate. Um, but then uh, this is, you know, this past week, uh, beginning with the elections, uh, the Tinubu's choice of candidate, the election in uh, Oshun State, Tinubu's choice of uh, VP candidate, um, the fact that Tinubu has been dodgy about really even speaking to the media, but he cannot 
sustain it. You know, we have so many months before the elections. He, can he, in the current atmosphere of Nigeria, refuse to show up in a debate? And if he shows up in a debate or in debates with the other candidates, uh, his health is going to basically sabotage him because he's going to spend uh, a big chunk of the time, uh, instead of answering questions, just um, trying to put together a coherent statement, a, a sentence, you know. So, uh, so Tinubu is actually betrayed himself, you know. I mean, it's in a lot of ways what some people are saying about Biden today, that yes, Biden was seen as the most formidable candidate against Trump, but that those who love him, you know, should have recognized that this man is in cognitive decline and perhaps spared him, you know, because when you have a president reading from a teleprompter, and then they say, stop, repeat the sentence. And he <laughs> reads that thing, stop, repeat the sentence. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's not just, I mean, the, the matchup still shows that Biden, will, Biden is the only Democrat that without a doubt will be Trump. Um, but will lose to almost any other Republican candidate. Um, the Dems have to figure out who they would want to pick if they didn't pick Biden. But it's that game of chess, like if Trump did it. But, you know, it, it, the analogy goes to your point. To me, though, I would say for Tinubu, you're probably about 80 something years old, to be honest. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, let's call it spade spade. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, oh my gosh. 80 I think he's 80 something. I think he's probably like 85, 86, <laughs> so, somewhere around that. Let's call he, it spade spade. He definitely looks it. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, he looks pretty it, old. It's not like Vince McMahon that resigned that day. I didn't even know Vince McMahon is 77 now. No, he looks, I want to look like him when I'm 77, yeah. for crying out loud. Yes. But you, 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 you do look it. Um, you have a history of, I mean, by the way, two of his kids, two of his daughters live here in New York in apartments that cost about $2.5 million each um, paid in cash mm. from, from, from the records. But that's neither here. That's, uh, that's another story for another day, by the way. Yes. But, you know, you've always wanted to put on this cap, this owl cap. You know, you're not even our light. At least Jack on there was kind of our very our, light. Our, yeah. You know, but he's, you're not, you're not, our, you're not even yeah. in the conversation. You're not, he's not in the conversation. You can at get all. that tiny glasses <laughs> yeah, and, <yes>. and try <laughs> to, but you're not, you're not in the conversation. But I think there's a, there's an opportunity for him to do the one thing I will realize at the end of his life, at the end of his political campaign. Step down and look around. First thing you should go to should be Peter B. And throw your machinery around him. Hmm. And do that thing that I will finally realize at the end of his life. No matter how you feel, whether the Yorubas or where this or whatever you feel about the superiority of Yorubas, which some of it is just pest with us. But that's neither here nor there. For the progress of, short of his possible civil war, actual, another real civil outright war in Nigeria, for the progress of the Yorubas, if you align those two stars, the Yorubas with the Igbos, every other minority ethnic group in the South will almost 190% fall in line. And I can go through it on how those who say they're not Igbos, mm -hmm. uh, why the Nguikes were actually Igbos, and how the Igbos control 
not just the Ahoda going down into BIOS, all those things. You align those stars and you now start using those, uh, oh, you know, healing those, they are not Igbos or those who are the, the, the people who are aligned politically with the Yorubas, even people like United Middle Belt Congress, the TVs who are complaining, the Southern Cardinals, and form a intelligent alliance that wants to sit down and do good, actually wants to do good, do start giving Nigeria a roadmap. Mm-hmm. That might be one stroke of a pen that wow. might that might not just erase the, the nonsensical thing that he did by supporting Buhari or making sure Buhari won. Because at the end of the day, they were the last, the, the Southwest was the last key to the puzzle. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter whether the um, um, APC governors were supporting Buhari or not. The domino that eventually put Buhari in office mm-hmm. was the South, was the, were the votes from the Southwest, right? Mm-hmm. You could sit down and take a step back, do that, and you would still be in historical context when we look at when we should look at you. Mm-hmm. We'll look at you for all those bad things you've done. Mm-hmm. But at least at the end of it the day, it will be punctuated by the good deed. The man end. realized, and a, a southern unity where you start healing the rifts between Igbos and Yoruba for a more a a, a a south of purpose. You don't have to go there and hug people and lovey dovey and all that. But a south that says, hey, we want the people in the south to not just be successful overseas, which a lot of us that get moved to different countries are, but to be able to be successful within the country and within the region themselves. But, you know, just like you said, <laughs> don't hold your breath, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't hold. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by by your prescription. Really, really intrigued. Um, uh, I, you know, I there is no confidence at all here that Tinubu has um, the how would I say the grace, the wisdom, the um, the just. Uh, I, I don't think he has the grace and wisdom to even contemplate, much less do this. Um, I like to say that much as I think that the uh, Yoruba Igbo uh, mutual suspicion, you know, um, a mutual uh, resentment, recrimination has been inimical to Nigeria's progress because it's ultimately about Nigeria. But my vision always uh, encompasses every part of the country. You know, as you know, I, I see myself as the quintessential Nigerian. I was born in Yola, which is Atiku's uh, home state. I'm married to a Yoruba woman. I'm Igbo. I went to school in Lagos, partly. Um, I've worked in Lagos. I've worked in the southeast i've traveled through all the parts of nigeria and i have friends from all every part of nigeria and sometimes they the divisions that we uh that we play up in nigeria just harm the country ultimately um there are people in every part of the country 
uh, who want uh, Nigeria to succeed. You know, um, I haven't told this story often, but the late Lamida of Adama was saved my father and other postal workers from certain death when a mob arrived at the post office just before the um, the declaration of Biafra and the beginning of the Biafra, the Nigerian Civil War. And uh, I had the good fortune of going to visit that Lamido a year and a half before he died. And uh, he remembered my father because he said that my parents were the only family to write him a letter thanking him of all the people he saved. I mean, he was, he was in a vehicle, in a convoy passing, and he saw this mob uh, at the post office. Uh, my father, who was a postmaster, and his fellow postal workers had barricaded themselves. So he was trying to, uh, the mob was trying to break down the, the, the entrance and to get them and, and to kill them. And so he said to the mob, what's going on? They said, oh, there are some Nyamiris, you know, which was... The pejorative. Yeah, yeah, the pejorative. For like the N-word. People, yeah, um, that they want to get. So he sent the mob away and took my father and the other workers to his palace for three So, So the Lamido, you know, uh, took my, my father and the other postal workers to, to his palace and gave them sanctuary for three weeks until things calmed down and he personally escorted them to the banks of uh, the Benue River and uh, put them on the last ship that left Yola for the southeast. Um, my mother had not had lost contact with my father for weeks. She presumed him dead. So when he arrived one day in my hometown... Uh, so they put him in the last train? In the last uh, vessel, ship. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. All right. You know, so on the banks of the uh, Benue River. And so so years later, in 2008, actually, I had the opportunity of going to Yola. The first time I went back there since we ran uh, in 1966. Um, and I met this man who was then 89, but very active. He was a farmer, went to his farm every day. And so he and I uh, met and I interviewed him. And I said to him, uh, you're a Muslim. And yet you went out on a limb to save my father and the others who were Christians. I said, why? And this man said to me, it's, it was my duty as a Muslim to ensure that innocent blood was not spilled. So when some people today kill in the name of Islam and commit other atrocities or some Christians kill in the name, in the name of Christ. It's important to rec- for us to recognize that we can't reduce any religion to the actions of its worst elements. Okay? So this man saved my father and I... I've been very fortunate uh, in my life to to meet friends from all over the all over the country. You know, um, I know that uh, the late uh, Inspector General of Police uh, Jimeta Gambo um, told me that they wanted to 
give me a title, Iola, <laughs> after I wrote about my father and the Lamida and so on and so forth. Of course, I'm allergic to titles, so I, I passed. But um, I have met people from all over the country, and that's why I'm I'm quite you know, uh, I, I I've some people are exasperated that I don't give up on Nigeria. So it's a, it's a it's a kind of a long way of saying that I'm interested in a in a south south coalition but ultimately we also have to have a broader coalition of elements all over Nigeria in the north northeast north west north central in the middle belt in the southeast, southwest. I don't call any place south south because this <laughs> that south south thing. I could say Niger Delta, but south south is such such tautological nonsense. You know, <laughs> you don't have north north, east east, west west. You know, so south south is, is means nothing. It's only Nigerians who can I think invent a, a whoever south came south. up with that yeah, name was south, just south, so scared yeah, yeah, by yeah, the you know. by the civil war. It's just yeah. you know. Yeah, so you know, so we we should, and it is possible. Um, it is possible to achieve a country of patriots who are willing to work to create a space that we can all be proud of. But much as I'm confident of that, I also recognize that perhaps it's too late. And if it is too late, what I say to people is then we should go our separate ways Agreed. and we should go harmoniously so that tomorrow, as I say, if we see each other, we go greet. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. So but, but just to say, right, mm -hmm. the reason why I said that I would be probably the best is this. It's not, it's one of those things where if you look at Nigeria, something that has led, in fact, to me, the biggest thing that has led to the um, re re the, the, the reduction in in quality political directional conversation right from the formation of Nigeria and and, and the, 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 the period not even after the formation we're talking about the periods where um, the British where time was running out time time was running up from the British from the forties where they went to the constitutional conference mm -hmm. and those things where you talk about the rivalry between what became the rivalry. You know, the Yorubas would have a different conversation. Others would have a different conversation between Zika and Awolo. And you keep going down towards that. And then what ends up happening when um, Zeke ends up in um, Eastern, Eastern a couple of years later from the fracas in, in, in Ibado in 52, 51, 52, when Zeke ends up in 57, um, um, on seats in... Um, I think it's Ubabi. I mean, what's his name? You know, those things reduce how you you go on and on and on and even till today, down to the common man between the Yorubas and the Ibus. The level of um, conversation that we should be having that we can't even see that largely Lagos is what it is because of that collaboration. But people would disagree and say, oh, but if you take your if you just look at it from a neutral perspective and you're like, when Igbos and Yorubas can talk 
like the British and Americans go, have gone about the world doing some good and a lot of terrible things, mostly terrible things, it's typically in unison. It's typically because these two can talk. And because we never sit down and want to see eye to eye, mm-hmm. the level of this thing has gone all the way to zero. And it's not that if that conversation happens, it's always going to, it's going to be like, oh, you're about one, a Igbo guy too. No, not necessarily. It could be a Benway guy and a, a, a BBO guy. But the, pro- the mm-hmm. thing is, mm-hmm. you're going to have a better representation of a better political representation. Even, in, it's, even if the country is going to split up, even if the country is going to split up, you are going to need these two people to sit down and have a respect, a, a, a respectable looking at what looking at others in a more respectable manner, not condescending manner. Yep, which is something that doesn't happen. Sure. So the level of this thing is just reduced animalistic yeah. uh, conversations at best. You know, very. And I'm not even talking of at the top. I'm talking of everyday human beings. Absolutely. Yeah. I grew up in Lagos. Yeah. I, look, I view myself as a Lagosian, but I'm from Enugu. My both my parents are Igbo to the core. Uh, families, Igbo, all that. Wife, you know. But you sit down and you have these conversations. I'm telling you, man. It's, it's I, I, again. I'm, I'm talking of like the, the regular people. Yeah. Regular Yoruba guys talking about how he wants to date Igbo women because he's capturing Igbo women. <laughs> It's like, mm-hmm. like, bro, really? Is this yeah. what your conversation has been reduced yeah. to? Yeah. You know, yeah. but that's that. That's the way a lot of, or vice versa. With you know, that's the way a lot mm-hmm. of these conversations mm-hmm. have been reduced to. You just want to inflict some level of meh mm-hmm. on as we say. Yeah, well, that's all. I yeah, I I understand that, and it's it's every ethnic group in Nigeria participate participates in that. Well, not when the largest two, two of yeah, the largest, yeah, yeah, two of the largest yeah. four. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, but what I'm saying is, is that um, ultimately we have to cultivate because this is a failure of our uh, first leaders and our contemporary leaders to to really build a sense of the country. You know, so you see, Nigerians become Nigerians at uh, a few rare moments when there is a football match involving Nigeria. Every Nigerian wants... There's nobody who has an Igbo man about to score a goal against <laughs> Angola and says, oh, don't score because, you know, you're an Igbo man. You know, you want the Igbo man to score. Yeah. Uh, an Igbo man watching a game and an outsider, uh, a football player representing Nigeria is about to score against Port- uh, Portugal. We say, please, score the goal, right? Uh-huh. Of course, sometimes if you miss the goal, they say, ah, look at this idiot. If it were an Igbo person who was there, you, you know, a Yoruba person would say, if it was this uh, Yekini, our man who was there, I would have scored that thing. But ultimately, we have to, those of us who are enlightened enough, have to uh, insist on the best part of ourselves. You know, so... As I said, I'm married to an American Yoruba woman, mm-hmm. right? Her mother is American. Her father uh, was Nigerian. And I have, I have bad stories on both sides about this. You know, there, uh, 
I was, uh, you know, there are some Yoruba people who start attacking me, you know, whenever I write a column, you know, when Abbasanjo was president, I'll write a critical column on Abbasanjo, and they will say, oh, you know, Moibo and so on and so forth. They'll think that I'm writing, criticizing Abbasanjo, not because he was a bad leader, but because he was Yoruba and I was Igbo. And then they found out, oh, I was married to a Yoruba woman. And then they become more sympathetic to my columns, right? Um, but I said, there is always an objective ground. Obasanjo was a terrible leader in Nigeria, okay? And Obasanjo happened to be somebody I was close to. He came to my traditional wedding. I visited Otter Farm twice to visit him, okay? But I have a principled position on things. If you are a friend of mine and you take public office and you are a disappointment, I register my disappointment publicly. Okay? And then, of course, some Igbo people found out, oh, I'm married to a Yoruba woman. Oh, okay. So when I criticized Jonathan, they would say, uh-huh, he's married to a Yoruba woman. And it, it's ultimately... The, the shame is that a lot of our people who have gone to school, have certificates, are really not, in my view, educated. Or if they're educated, they are not enlightened. You know, because there is this inability to, to be objective, you know, in dispensing critical judgment. Okay? So... Um, in 18 years of writing a column in several Nigerian newspapers, I saw it all. I saw it all. So I'll, I'll criticize an Igbo politician today, and Yoruba and uh, uh, Northern readers will call me and hail me for being a hero. Okay? Meanwhile, Igbos will call me an idiot, a fool, if you're attacking your own. <laughs> The next week, I'll criticize a Yoruba politician. The same Igbo, the same Yoruba who praised me last week for taking on an Igbo guy was, ah, you know, you're attacking a Yoruba person. You know, so we, we have failed to, to take principal positions on things. You know, so we should say, we should act from positions of moral values, right? So it, it's like Nigerians say, they are opposed to corruption, except when somebody from their ethnic group or somebody from their religion is a corrupt person. Then they come out and defend the person. Okay? So they don't take a position against corruption. It's a position against corruption by somebody who is not from my ethnicity or not from my religion or not from my Christian sect or something. And that has to stop. You know? So I'm going to end with yes. this um, <laughs> you know, story of... of I had a, not a friend, but a fan, a neighbor guy. So he used to call me years ago. Then one day he called me and, you know, it was, anyway, let's, let's just end. We will tackle this a, subject. It's a titillating story which I'll tell this, some other time. This should, this should uh, but, be its but, own podcast, but, but, actually. But, yeah, but, it's been an episode, but we, so. we've had a wonderful and lovely conversation and the sum of it is that the Tinubu campaign seems to be falling apart um, for good reason, because Tinubu has no vision for Nigeria. 
uh, nor does Atiku, by the way, but that's a conversation for a different day. 100%. And uh, if Tinubu is collapsing uh, as a candidate, um, we very much wish that Atiku too would collapse as a candidate <laughs> for the good of Nigeria, ultimately. But thank you very much for joining us. And uh, on behalf of my co-host, Emekonyawa, uh, uh, we wish you a lovely um, day and, uh, and ask you to please join us for future episodes. Yes. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Oh.